Welcome to Stories That Shape Us. My name is Joanna Daniel. Stories That Shape Us is a daily podcast where I share my perspective on how different experiences influence our view of self, how we interact with others, and how we show up in the world. Hello and welcome to Stories That Shape Us. My name is Joanna Daniel. In today's episode of Stories That Shape Us, I want to answer a question that I was asked earlier today. And even though I responded, I wanted to, I felt it was a conversation that you and I could have here on the podcast, because I believe that we could all benefit from this conversation. Maybe you have this question and you didn't, you've never asked it or you you didn't know where to get the answer. So hopefully if you do, then today we'll have the answer for you. Well, I'll have the answer for you. So the question was that I was asked today is, how can I learn to speak and basically be in control of my emotions? How can I not allow my emotions to take over and to manage me? I think that was a really good question because oftentimes we are led by our emotions. And if you listen, if you've been following stories that shape us from the beginning, the very first episode of stories that shape us is called Own Your Emotions where I gave an example of some of the things that was happening uh, uh, as we moved. We were moving the day I started this podcast and all the emotions that was all over the place, my emotions, my children's emotions, my husband's emotions, and what I understood about that, how we managed it, how I helped them to understand theirs and what happened. So you can go back and listen to episode one of the Story That Shapers podcast. You'll find it on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Now saying that, what is the one thing you need to know so that you can be in charge of your emotions? So I'm going to share that one thing, and then I'm going to talk about some of the other things that kind of hold that up that can help you. So the one thing that you need to know is what are my triggers? There is something that is triggering those emotions. And when you can crack that code, when you can know that your trigger, your triggers around that particular thing, you would have won half of the battle because half of the battle is self-awareness when we understand ourselves then we're able to put plans in place and we can learn what the next step should be right so i explained it like this say for example you have an allergy to strawberries every time you eat strawberries you have a reaction to them you probably break out in spots or you can't breathe or you know different things happen lots of people have allergy to strawberries now you wouldn't have strawberries when you go to restaurants you say to them if there's anything in the dish that is this related i can't have it when you go to people's houses when you buy products you read the ingredients you're aware of that um allergy and so you protect yourself against it but sometimes we're not as careful about emotional uh, our emotional responses or the things that trigger emotional responses in us because sometimes we tell ourselves and maybe society tells us that we should be okay as long as we're adults, we should be okay. We should be able to manage. And it, it, it's not as easy as that because the things that happened to us when we were children create responses. We develop responses of ways of coping. We all have those responses. Every single person in this world have it. We, some of us are just better able to manage it than others. And you want to know, how do I manage? Now, like the analogy with strawberries, you want to know what triggers me. So what are my triggers around money around feeling disrespected what are my triggers around um being left out being feeling abandoned rejected not having a sense of belonging so 
if you know what your triggers are as much as you can, as much as you can, not all the information will be available to us all at once. We're learning about ourselves and we're growing as we go along. So just be prepared that not all the information will be available to you. But if you're open to understanding your triggers, then that is a really big first key. And the next step is how do I manage my triggers? Now, sometimes these are really simple techniques that might seem so simple that you just think, how did I, how, how come I didn't know that? And are you sure? Yeah, I'm very sure. So you want to be aware. You want to be aware of the thing, the conversation, the, the, the tone of voice, the person, the topic of discussion, the sight, the smell that triggers a certain response in you and it, what the response is. So we have different kinds of trauma responses. We have uh, fight, flight, freeze, and fawn response. And, and um, the other one is escaping me right now. But you want to know, so when I feel like people are leaving and I feel like I'm going to be on my own and this feeling of abandonment comes over me, what does it feel like to me? It might feel like an overwhelming sense of shame. It might feel like deep sadness. It might feel like sometimes that the feel, the emotion that you might be most aware of is uh, anger and frustration, irritability. You might not, you might be, you might so train yourself to not access the sadness that anger and irritability are the ones that is more accessible to you. Now, depending on where you are, those emotions might not be acceptable. They, they are normal emotions for when we're triggered but they might not be acceptable in certain settings. So for example, if you're a Christian and you're triggered at church and the emotions that are usually accessible to you are irritability and anger, it won't be acceptable. It won't be acceptable at work, won't be acceptable in social settings, depending on how you demonstrate that anger. You can't go around hitting people. That's not okay. You can't go around shouting at people and, and being abusive to people in your anger because you're triggered, that's not okay. So the though anger and frustration and irritability are normal emotions for when we're triggered, they're not, ex, uh, they're not acceptable emotions. So we want to know, well, how do I manage my anger and my frustration? So the first key is knowing what triggers my anger and frustration, what sends me in my fight or flight place, in my fight response, and I'm, I feel like I need to fight back and protect myself. So one of the questions to ask, and you're not, you might not be able to ask this when you're triggered, because when we're triggered, we're in the emotional brain. We're not in the frontal lobe. We can't reason and think as clearly as we will do when we're not. So the question to ask is why, you know, afterwards you can ask it until you learn how to do it in the moment. It really is possible to do it in the moment. So first, be aware of your automatic response. What's my automatic response? Do I automatically go in frustration or anger? Do I want to run away? Do I feel like I need to do all I can to let these people like me? Or do, do I shut down and withdraw and close off? What do I do? So when you can understand the trigger, your response, then you are getting somewhere, right? So if you are a irritable anger person, if that's where you go, that's your natural normal response, and you want to change that response, because now you want to be in control of your emotions and you no longer want your emotions to dictate to dictate to you. So you, you be aware of it. So sometimes you might do this on reflection. You think, what, what happened then? What happened in that discussion? Why did I become angry and snappy? Why did I shout? What was happening? 
What was I feeling? And I always say, not only identify what you were feeling, but where you were feeling it. I felt real sadness and I felt it in my tummy or I felt it. On, I felt like there was a weight on my shoulders and I didn't like it. And so sometimes when, when we are, we are faced with an emotion and we're feeling the, the sensations in our bodies, it's so familiar because it's going to bring you back. Because sometimes the trigger is not because somebody right now is abandoning you or right now there's anything that is is influencing fear. It's because of what was what happened before and what was recorded. And the thing that is happening now has triggered those memories and those feelings. And it will feel like it's happening right now. But the conversation and what's happening right now is very different to what happened then. But our brains don't know that the trigger happened. It sends the sensation. It sends us in the emotional brain. And before we know it, we're at 10 years old being left out of play, uh, 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 the playground or we're 10 year old being told off or our parent has left or whatever it is that you experience. And that's why it's so important that we know as much as possible as again, what our traumas are. So we know what the triggers are and how to respond. So if you are the child who was left out, you perhaps was bullied at school, you were ostracized, left out, you were left out at home as well, you were the, the odd one out, you were name called, you were shamed, and you're at work, you're 45, 35, you're at work, and they're having a conversation, and when you walked in the room, they all stopped laughing and looked at you. And immediately, it sends you back to that place where you were left out, and you remember it and you're feeling, not that you're feeling what's happening now because your adult self can say, you know what, maybe the joke ended. It doesn't have to do anything with me. They're not laughing about me. You can smile and walk in the room and be okay. But the child remember those feelings and the brain is telling you, ah, when this happens, this is how you should feel. And the, and the automatic response is happening. So if you are a person who uh, it goes in your fight response. You might stamp out the room and slam the door. And everybody be wondering, well, what happened to Joanna? If you're a person who withdraw and shut down, you might shut it down, pretend that it's not happening and you didn't feel anything and try to smile and say hi uh, and, and be nice as you go in the room. If you're a people pleaser, you might think, ooh, if you're in your phone response, if that's your automatic one, you might think, oh, wow. They don't want to talk to me anymore. I don't think they like me. What can I do to make them like me? I must overdo it today to make them like me. And so we go into one of our responses. But if we can, if you can go in the room and you can stand and you feel the, the laughter stops and they look and you feel the feeling, you can take a deep breath and, and, and be able to talk to yourself and talk yourself down, say, it's okay. You're not being rejected. You're not being abandoned. They're not ostracizing you. The joke has probably ended. Let me take a deep breath. Let me, let me smile and let me join the room. It might be that they just turn around because the door opened, you know, and, and you just happened to walk in at the time when the joke ended. We can tell ourselves all kinds of things and we can convince ourselves that we're right. And sometimes when we tell ourselves, we convince ourselves that we're right, we act out of the thing that we think. And in real life, in real time, right now, you're not being rejected. You're not being abandoned. Nobody's leaving you. Nobody's leaving you out. So the feeling that we feel is true, but what the feeling tells us isn't always true. 
And that's what we need to differentiate. We need to know the difference between what, what we feel and what it's telling us so that we can tell the feeling the truth, right? We can tell the feeling the truth. And as you do that, you're retraining yourself to respond in a different way. So that's the, the, that's the key. Know what your triggers are, know your automatic response, and learn how to manage those in, in different settings, in different situations. So let's take you home. Let's say that you're home. You're home and you shared something with your partner, with your wife, with your husband, your, ch your child. You're sharing something with a family member and it's not received in the way you want it to receive. And immediately it sends you back again to the time when you were shut out, shut down, not heard, not listened to. It's the same kind of response that will happen. But now you're home. And while you may not be able to be, what while anger might not be acceptable at work, at home is a very different thing because now you're free. And so you they might use to you having bursts of anger. And But now you want to pull it back and you want to change that. You want to be more... You want to have more access to a range of emotions and you don't just want to respond in anger. You want to feel the sadness. You want to express the sadness. So you're going to practice vulnerability. If it's safe, if it's not safe, don't allow yourself to do that because it could, it could harm you. But if it's safe, you want to practice vulnerability and said, I felt when this happened. Now, the next person is not necessarily responsible for your feeling, but you're expressing it anyway. And people who are empathetic will say, I'm really sorry you feel that way. I don't know how to help, but I'm really sorry you feel that way. So you're, you're, you're uh, expressing yourself, you're sharing how you feel, and somebody's witnessing how that happened, how that feels with you, not fixing it, just witnessing it. And that's a powerful tool in itself to help on your journey of healing. Vulnerability is a really important one that will help you, especially in your family setting, um, because it makes you more emotionally available. Uh, it makes you more accessible. Um, so practice to have access to a wide range of your emotions as you're understanding them, you're understanding your triggers. Perhaps keep a notebook so you can understand them better, so you can track what certain situations, which, which response it triggers. You can track your anger, you can track your frustration or your withdrawal or your deep sadness, you can track it and see what is this connected to? And you'll be able to you'll be able to answer the question for yourself. So as you're becoming more intelligent to your emotion, then you will learn to manage it. And these are some of the keys to you being in control and managing your emotions. Thank you for joining me in this episode of Stories That Shape Us. I hope you'll join me on the next story. Thank you for listening to Stories That Shape Us with Joanna Daniel. To learn more about Wounds to Scars and the work that we do with adult survivors of childhood trauma and women who experience abuse, you can visit our website at woundstoscars.com.